Good morning. Um, for those that don't know us, this is the wonderful Sarah. I asked her how she'd like to be introduced and she said, just Sarah. So this is Sarah. Uh, I'm Lois and I work here as part of the Create team. I do children's and families work. Um, and yeah, we're going to do what Simon says. We're going to um, talk to you guys today. Um, so today is my first time doing a talk to adults because I normally talk to children who are currently out in their group. Um, so I'll try to not make this too much like a YC Kids TV video uh, or to ask you to shout answers out. So don't worry, there'll be none of that. <laughs> um, so today we are continuing the Jesus, Jubilee and Justice theme. Um, looking again at Luke 4, 18. So we're going to read it together. If you've got a Bible, feel free to open up. If not, all of them are going to be on the screen. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Um, if you were here last week, you would have heard Joe Herbert James. She spoke so beautifully um, about this, focusing on what are the good news that we can bring, um, especially to those who are struggling around us, um, and maybe because of us, because of our actions and choices. Um, and so today, we're focusing on the first two lines um, of this verse. Uh, and hopefully set a base to understand a little bit of what the next few verses are, um, which we'll be looking at over the next few weeks. Um, so last week, Jay gave a bit of a context to this passage, but just to remind us, um, or if you weren't here last week, is a little reminder. Um, so earlier in Luke, we see the story of Jesus' birth. Let's see if this works. Hey, there we go. This is the only kids' work part that will be uh, in this. Sorry. Um, so we see the story of Jesus' birth. I'm hoping most people are familiar with that. Then we see Jesus being presented at the temple by his parents, um, and he's being prayed for and blessed by Simeon. Uh, and then we see him and his family returning to Nazareth, their hometown. Um, and then they're going to Jerusalem. And on the way back, Jesus leaves them and goes to the temple um, to be with the religious leaders and ask questions. And then it jumps forward a few years um, to Jesus' baptism as an adult. And we see the Holy Spirit of the Lord descends on him like a dove. And then in the beginning of chapter 4, we see Jesus being taken to the desert and tempted um, for 40 days. And then we come to this point where Jesus had just begun his ministry. Um, he started teaching in synagogues and he goes to his hometown in Nazareth. Um, and as was the custom, he went to synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him and he starts reading this. The spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Sorry, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And some theologians think the next few verses are an explanation of what this good news is. And it says, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So there are two main things that Sarah and I are going to be looking at today. We're going to look at what does it mean for the Spirit of the Lord to be on us, and what does it mean to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. So first we're going to look at um, what does it mean for the Spirit of the Lord to be on us. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Jesus is saying this about himself in this passage. We see that from the very beginning of his ministry, this is one of the first accounts that we have in the Bible of him teaching, um, one of the first things that he says is 
he's acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is on him. And he shows us that even him, being fully God and fully human, he still needs the Holy Spirit on him in order to do his ministry. And in fact, this is such an important factor um, that even Luke tells us multiple times before um, that the Holy Spirit was on Jesus. If we go a bit further back, we are told um, in Luke 4.14 that when he went back to his home time, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then if we look even further back in Luke 4.1, we see that um, just before he was tempted, it says that Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned to Jordan. And then even further back in Luke 3.22, we're told um, when Jesus is being baptised that the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And so we're told about the power and importance of the Holy Spirit four times just in the last chapter or so. And again, this is to prove that even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to be on him. And if Jesus, who is God, needs the Holy Spirit in order to do his ministry, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit? How much more are we in need of his guidance and power? And then Jesus goes on to tell us what he will do because of the Holy Spirit. He acknowledges that in the power of the Holy Spirit, he will proclaim freedom to prisoners, restore sight to the blind, set the oppressed free, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Easy, right? (laughs) Well, if we turn to John 14, we see that Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and then they will do even greater things than these in my name. So not only will we be able to bring the good news and help and heal and do miracles like Jesus did, but we're also called to do even greater things than these. But looking further down in this chapter, we see again, we're told that we'll only be able to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit, who the Father, God, has given us as a helper. And so the only way we can follow God's commands and calling on our life is with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we are the vessels through which the Holy Spirit works. My turn. (laughs) So, isn't she amazing and eloquent? She really is. So cool. (laughs) So in these first four chapters of Luke we're looking at, we know now all about Jesus and his relationship with the Holy Spirit. We read in Luke 1, that Jesus was conceived by the Spirit in Mary's womb and that the angel Gabriel told Mary that his name was to be Jesus, which means God saves. And in chapter 2, he is called Christ, which means the anointed one of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 3, as Lois has just said, the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus at his baptism And then he is led, full of the Spirit, into the wilderness. We see in these few chapters how integral the work of the Holy Spirit is in the ministry of Jesus. And how much Jesus would accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus needed to be full of the Holy Spirit to accomplish his work on earth. So if Jesus needs to be full of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need to have the faith to do those greater things than Jesus did? 
And the only way that we could ever do this is through the power of the Holy Spirit anointing each one of us and filling us and leading us in the same way that the Holy Spirit filled and led Jesus. And yet, we know this. Most of us who've been here at YCC, I've done these talks before. We know this. But how quick we are to forget. How quick we are to leave the room and almost leave the Holy Spirit here. (laughs) Except we don't. We take him with us all the time. We try and do things in our own strength and leave God out of the question. But if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, then we need him more. Much more. Every single day. Oh no. Thank you, Sarah. So, what does it mean to be anointed by the Holy Spirit? So we see in the second part of this verse that even Jesus himself is anointed or chosen by the Holy Spirit to bring the good news. He is chosen by his Father and by the Holy Spirit. And you may be familiar with this because we all know the story um, of God sending his own son to die for us and forgive our sins so that we can have eternal life. And I know that this is a very basic version of that story because it's so much better and so much fuller of amazing stuff. Um, But essentially, he sent his son to bring us the good news of forgiveness, to restore us, to give us eternal life. And this is good news for us. But it doesn't stop there. The good news for us isn't just that Jesus came to give us all this stuff. It's also that we get to join in with bringing the good news to others and doing miracles. In Peter 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, We, well, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. But the Holy Spirit anointing us or being on on us is not just a status thing, it's not just for show, Um, but it comes with a new purpose, a new empowerment, a new vision, because Jesus not only comes to bring the good news, but he also offers us to partner with him, to join in on declaring his praises and showing others a way out of darkness into his light. And we are chosen to work with the Holy Spirit. And this is so exciting. We're chosen to partner up with Jesus. We're chosen to be the examples that Jesus left on this earth um, so that people can see us day in, day out. That we get to show what God is like, what the Holy Spirit is like. Isn't that exciting? What, what a privilege we have. Well, absolutely. Anointing. It's uh, it's a word that we don't really necessarily use a lot outside of church context. It means to um, to smear or to rub on. So when you're um, rubbing sun lotion in or moisturiser onto your skin, you're essentially (laughs) anointing yourself with suntan lotion, with moisturiser. That lotion then becomes part of you. And in the same way, when we invite the Holy Spirit to come on us, in us, he becomes part of us. Like 
like pouring milk into tea. You had two substances and now you have one that cannot be separated out again. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, when we believe that he lived and died and rose again, then that's what happens to us. Because in Ephesians uh, 1, 13 to 14, it says, And because of what Christ did, or you others too, who heard the good news about how to be saved and trusted Christ, you were marked as belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit who long ago had been promised to all of us Christians. His presence within us is God's guarantee that he really will give us all that he promised. And the Spirit's seal upon us means that God has already purchased us and that he guarantees to bring us to himself. So if you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. If you've trusted Jesus... The Holy Spirit is with you. If you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within you, within us. He is here in us. There are no doubts. You are sealed. You do have a guarantee. Scripture tells us, so it's true. You might not feel like it's true, but your feelings do not count in this instance because what is true is true. You may not feel chosen or anointed. You may feel unworthy. You may feel shame from some of the things that you've done. That does not mean that you are unworthy because Jesus lived and died and rose again so that you could have life, so that you could be chosen and anointed today. Because of what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amazing. Thank you, Sarah. Um, So, we've looked at what does it mean for the Spirit to be on us? We've looked at what does it mean to be anointed by the Spirit? So the only bit left of the verse to look at is who are the poor that the good news is for? Um, so this is what the next bit says, is to proclaim good news to the poor. And throughout the Bible, we see who the poor are because this is what Jesus did. This is who Jesus talked to. He helped, uh, he tended to the sick, to the meek, to the poor, to the outcast, to the oppressed first. And then he taught the leaders and the other people watching about the kingdom of God and the importance of what he was doing through what he was doing. But he also healed people um, and he healed them spiritually first. He offered them spiritual goodness before he offered them physical healing. And through that, again, taught the rest around him. And that's why Jesus is our jubilee, because this is his mission. His vision is to bring the good news. His relentless focus throughout his ministry is to bring the kingdom of God into every situation. And before we know and accept his freedom and forgiveness and hope, we're all poor, because we are without his richness and fullness and without his unconditional love and forgiveness. So the good news is amazing news for the poor because they're the ones who need it the most. 
The poor are the ones who need hope for the future. The needy are the ones who need comforting the most. The sick are the ones who need healing the most. And the kingdom of God and the freedom and hope is what brings us, and what Jesus brings us is amazing news. And it's, it's such good news. But we need to understand and receive this good news first before we can give it to others, right? We need to step into what the Holy Spirit is breathing into each of our lives. We need to accept this good news, that the Holy Spirit is powerful and available to you and me today. And to allow ourselves to be changed by it and challenged by it as well, before we can share it with others. Because when we are full of the Holy Spirit, we overflow. And this is what others see, the outpouring, the working of the Holy Spirit through each of us. So, that's what we want, isn't it? The day you gave your life to Jesus, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that seal is forever. But to do this, to to be the good news, we need an infilling of the Holy Spirit every day. And that is offered to us, moment by moment, infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And all we need to do to receive the Holy Spirit is to stop and reach out to him. In the middle of our crazy, busy lives, in our crazy, distracted lives, where all things are bigger and shinier than our faith sometimes, (laughs) there's always noise in our world, always something to distract us from looking to God. But we need the Holy Spirit so we can be full, so we can be these people who bring the good news. Just like Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, we need that in our lives. So, the first thing I would encourage you to do each day is to stop. In fact, I guess the first thing each day I would encourage you to do is not pick up your phone before your feet hit the floor. (laughs) The news and um, social media can wait five minutes for us to stop and go, Holy Spirit, come help me today. Jesus, come walk with me today. It's a really simple thing to do But it isn't easy. And if we do it two or three times a week, that's a good start. (laughs) Because we don't do shame. It's not a God emotion. We do not do shame. Because we are covered with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus lived and died so that all that shame is nailed to the cross. I mean, we do do shame. But every day we need to nail it to the cross. Because God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to have abundant lives full of the Holy Spirit walking and talking and being who we are in God. Every day, get in the habit of making something about the Holy Spirit, about receiving the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a shower or washing up or walking to work. Give, give that little bit to God, just as a, as a visual, physical reminder to go, ah, oh, 
yeah, Holy Spirit, come wash me clean. Oh, yeah, Holy Spirit, give me clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah, Holy Spirit, may I walk in the gospel of peace today. And when you read your Bible or listen to your Bible, invite the Holy Spirit to come do it with you. Because honestly, you'll get inspiration that way. You might even read Leviticus and find some inspiration in it like we did. Crazy talk. And if you talk in tongues, speak in tongues, this is, some of you won't know what that is, but that's okay at this moment. If you do, if God has anointed you that way, try speaking in tongues for two minutes a day. And watch the Holy Spirit expand in you. Try five minutes, try ten. And watch the Holy Spirit expand as deep Cause to deep, as it talks about in uh, Psalm 92. If you want to understand more about speaking in tongues, come talk to us afterwards. But um, if God's gifted you like that, then use your gift. And, you know, shame has been a word we've used this morning. But you are not unworthy. There is not a person in this room that is unworthy of the Holy Spirit. Not anyone God says you're worthy so you are you are chosen you are loved you have been adopted into the family of God you have the Holy Spirit inside you so you can be the good news of Jesus for everyone you meet and don't be afraid our God is a loving caring parent who wants to love us. He doesn't want to chuck us in the deep end of the swimming pool when we can't swim. He'll stick our armbands on and he'll go in the shallow end and he'll teach us how to swim. He doesn't want to watch us struggle. He wants to see us flourish and thrive. God loves you. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit within you or asking for more because our God is good all the time um, so I'm going to invite the band back up um, and I'd like us to have a bit of a time of reflection um, and ask ourselves a couple of questions um, do I believe that I am chosen by the Holy Spirit to bring good news have I received the good news myself um, and living in the freedom and jubilee of Jesus? And if I have, have I then allowed myself to fully step into what the Holy Spirit wants to do with me? And maybe you did all this. Maybe you've been letting the Holy Spirit work through you and you've been serving for years and working with those in need for years to bring good news um, but maybe you've lost your excitement or your vision. Maybe you've lost your drive. You do it just because that's what you do every day. And if that's you, I believe that this is a time to recommit and to ask for a rekindling from the Holy Spirit um, for a new passion for what you're doing. And if you're thinking uh, about any of that and you want to share with someone or pray with someone, I'd love for you to head to the back. So if any of the
prayer ministry people here. Uh, if you could go back and pray for people, that would be great. Um, or if you just want to pray for someone, also head to the back and pray for someone, that would be great. Um, yeah, let me remind everyone that the cameras don't fill at the back, so uh, you don't have to worry um, about being uh, on the internet, being prayed for, or whatever. Um, and if you're still unsure whether to chat to someone, um, Jesus knows what's in your heart. Um, but why don't we all put our hands out as a sign of surrender? Um, and I'll close this in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have chosen us and commissioned us to do great things in your name. Thank you that we have the opportunity to partner with you in bringing your kingdom on earth. And I pray that today we would be reminded of the fact that we need you and your Holy Spirit in everything that we do. May we allow you to shake up the ground where we're too comfortable and break down the walls of our pride where there's pride. And Father, where we have let our own tradition or beliefs intervene and cloud our vision, we pray that you would realign our vision with yours and that we would see others through your eyes. We want to be people who accept the power of your Holy Spirit and surrender to your ways. In Jesus' name.